Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on the Charlie Kirk Show, we go line by line of this massive $2 trillion stimulus bill, and we tell you what no one else is telling you. We literally go line by line, and we will tell you where your taxpayer dollars are going and why we're spending $2 trillion. You guys are going to love this analysis. Email us right now, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. We want your questions. We want your feedback. And also take out your phone right now, type in Charlie Kirk Show, and hit that subscribe button. I know you hear me say it all the time, but right now, National Public Radio, which just got $75 million of your taxpayer dollars, is beating us in the podcast charts. So now they're going to beat us even more because they just got $75 million, and we're going to talk about that. So type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, Buckle up, everyone. This is an episode that I think will live for a very, very long time. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Charlie Kirk Show. Busy news week, to say the least, and we are going to recap everything that has been going on. So as of the recording of this podcast, there are at least 81,488 people across uh, the country, our beautiful country, that have been uh, diagnosed uh, as positive with the Chinese coronavirus. And there is at least 1,178 patients of the virus that have died. There's probably a lot more uh, in both those categories because... Uh, we don't. We, we just have begun uh, doing testing at a very high rate. Uh, we are going to dive into mostly. I want to spend this podcast talking about this 2.2 trillion dollar economic relief bill, is what they're calling it. Uh, I'm going to talk about. We're going to we're going to go line by line. Uh, basically, some good things that are in it, some awful things that are in it, and. Uh, Look, I remain a committed supporter of the President of the United States. The President's in a tough position here. Uh, politically, uh, they've put him basically up against a corner, and he got some big wins in this bill and some things that are terrific. And there's some things in here that I know that uh, he's going to just have to accept as some bad with some good. Uh, but honestly, this is an indictment of the United States Congress, how they do business, how they operate, uh, and it is a co-equal branch of government. But when I go through some of this stuff, I hope that your jaw hits the floor because we are going to give you the most comprehensive, in-depth analysis of this bill that's about to be approved by the House of Representatives and Nancy Pelosi and then eventually, probably, almost assuredly assigned by the President of the United States. But first, taxes. Oh my goodness, there's so much happening and changing in taxes. Do you know that tax day is no longer April 15th, it's now July 15th? There's all sorts of insane things happening. LLCs are going to have different loopholes. There's all sorts of insanity going on in the tax code right now. And I'm sure you have a lot of questions. And there's only one place I go to get answers. That's LegalZoom. LLCs, DBAs, S-Corps, they all mean different things when it comes to paying taxes and limiting your personal liability. It's a lot to think about. With LegalZoom, you don't have to worry about all the legwork yourself to find the right answers. They have a ton of resources to help, including the network of independent attorneys and tax professionals. They'll provide the advice you need to ensure you're operating your business the way you want to. And since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, you'll save time and money while avoiding hourly fees. Whether you need to incorporate, form an LLC, or set up your business another way, use LegalZoom to maximize your business potential and make your accountant happy. Get your business on the right track for 2020 by visiting LegalZoom.com and use the code CHARLIE for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com. I'm telling you that you you do a great job. LegalZoom.com slash CHARLIE. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. 
So today the Dow rallied more than 1,300 points. We did on the Charlie Kirk Show tell you guys to buy more stocks and that a surge was coming. So we were correct on that prediction. I mean, that we weren't the only one with that prediction. We just bet on America, and we did not. We thought that America was going to be resilient. I think there's still going to be some more turbulence and some more volatility ahead. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, just when I read that last message from our sponsor, uh, we actually have surpassed China in total cases. I don't believe that for a second. China, they are pathological liars. They are a nation run by tyrants that hate America, hate truth, and don't believe in God. And so if we're supposed to believe their numbers that only 3,200 people died and there's been zero new cases in Beijing and Shanghai in the last 30 days, that's nonsense. It's statistically impossible. And the media is just parroting it. Oh, yeah, China's done a great job. You don't know anything about China. We don't know anything about China. They have, they're a police state. They, they control the Internet. They control their communications. They cannot communicate externally. It is nonsense. But I want to get through this. Bill, and I want to spend a lot of our time on this because I know there's a lot of employers out there, a lot of people wondering if they're going to get some free cash, and the answer is probably. And look, I'm going to, I'm going to just tell you the honest truth about the consequences of this bill and exactly what's in it. And it's about to be law. And for those of you that are listening to this podcast a couple days after publication, it's going to be equally as valuable to you. So some of you are probably wondering whether you can get free cash or not. The answer is probably yes. So let's go through this bill. So in the middle of the night, the Senate passed uh, this historic $2.2 trillion bill uh, with a vote of 96 to nothing. Uh, Senator Rand Paul and Senator Mike Lee are quarantined. Actually, Senator Paul has the uh, Chinese coronavirus. Uh, Senator Mike Lee is quarantined for his contact with Senator Paul and, and a couple others. Just today, jobless claims soared to $3.2 million. Last week, uh, that is by far a record. That number blew past the Great Recession, where it was a peak of 665,000 and an all-time mark in 1982 of 695,000. I mean, 3.28 million. Unbelievable. And we have to talk about the externalities. Depression is up. Alcoholism is up. Suicide is up. 3.2 million people out of work. It's probably even more than that. It's probably going to be 5 or 6 million by next week. So here's what's in the bill. There's a lot of garbage in this bill. I'm just going to be honest with you. And again, this is not an indictment of President Trump. This is not a criticism of his White House or his presidency. It is an indictment of our awful, rotten Congress and political system. And I'm just, I'm upset that not one senator voted against this. Okay, so about 120 million U.S. taxpayers will get direct payments. Free money. Andrew Yang lost the battle, but he won the war, everybody. I'll tell you what, universal basic income is here. $301 billion of free money. So Americans will receive direct payments of up to $1,200 plus $500 per child. The payments phase out at individuals making more than $99,000 a year and couples making more than $198,000 a year. So let's just stop there. $301 billion of free money. I guarantee you there will be hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars in payments to dead people because they're going to directly deposit this into your bank account. And so how do they know if someone has died in the last 20 days? How do they know if someone's died in the last couple of months? The answer is they don't. The government is inefficient, bloated, and corrupt. And by the way, when you, there's just free money, nothing is free. I'm paying for that. The Charlie Kirk Show is paying for that because we pay our taxes. Turning Point, US, Turning Point USA is paying for that because we pay our payroll taxes. So you're welcome for that free money, by the way. And if you, if you need it, then God bless you. I hope you spend it on good stuff. I've actually taken a unscientific straw poll here at the Turning Point USA headquarters, the base of operations in Phoenix, Arizona. I asked people what they're going to spend their $1,200 on. Answers I get. Oh, I'm going to pay down my student loans. So you're going to give the money back to the federal government. Okay, that's sort of silly. Other answers. I'm going to pay down my credit card debt. That's sillier. One person did say they're going to buy Guns N' Roses tickets. That's actually probably pretty stimulative because the uh, concert industry has probably put out of business for quite some time. So that was probably the best answer that I heard. Uh, other answers were, well, I'm going to spend a couple hundred dollars uh, on supplies in case all the food runs out, then I'm going to save the rest of the money. So basically nothing stimulative. We know that demand-side redistributionism does not work. Cash flow clunkers did not work under Barack Obama. Just giving people money is not stimulative. Demand-side redistributionism does not work. Now, demand-side tax cuts can work. Like a payroll tax cut for employees can work. A payroll tax cut for employers can also work. So here's the other. So we, that's the free money thing. I also believe that people don't value something if you give it to them without a cost. See, if people really needed the money, you could have said, here's an optional $3,000 loan that you can repay over two years. If you need it, 
take it. Instead of just saying, we're going to distribute $301 billion to people. And for the Republicans that unanimously voted for this, what are you doing? This sets one of the most awful univasic... This sets one of the most awful universal basic income redistribution precedents ever. So why not? Why not continue it? It's only $301 billion. We're all trillion dollar advocates now, right? Why not? Let's all just give away $5 trillion. Andrew Yang, why don't we just make you secretary treasurer? Why not? Secretary of the treasury. Why not? This next one is unbelievable. This next one is absolutely unbelievable. Senator Graham, Senator Sass, Senator Scott tried to stop it unsuccessfully with an amendment, but I'm going to walk you through what this exactly means. $250 billion for expanded unemployment insurance. So for those who qualify for unemployment support will receive an average expanded unemployment benefit for up four months plus $600 a week in additional state benefits. So let me walk you through this. Let's say that I furlough or that I let go an employee at Turning Point USA. Okay, let's just say I let somebody go. On average, a state will give them about 40 to 50% of their second quarter wage in unemployment. So we pay into that as an employer. The employee pays a little bit into it, and you'll pay a little bit into it on your on, on the state level. Okay. I actually believe that unemployment insurance should exist if people need a safety net. But the extra $600 a week in addition to that, let's say that a Turning Point USA employee was making $600 or $700 a week. Okay, pre-tax. So they'll be getting about $400 a week. You add the $600 a week on top of that, they'll be earning more without working than working. So that means that people will literally earn more money if they are furloughed or fired than if they were working. This will incentivize employers to let go of their people immediately or mitigate their losses very quickly that they had during this coronavirus by letting people go without the guilt that their employees will be left without money. So why not furlough people for a couple months if the government's going to give them more money? This is literally paying people to do nothing. This is making unemployment sticky. This is making a high unemployment rate calcified. This ensures that we will have a high unemployment rate. It's everything that we as conservatives say that we oppose. Good economics is about good incentives. And good incentives usually means expanding freedom. Because then people will make decisions that are rational in their own self-interest. This is an incentive to actually furlough people. And then once you're furloughed or fired, it's an incentive to keep people there and for them never to leave that level of of insurance. We did not even do this during the 2008 financial crisis to give you an idea how much garbage this is. And why not? Why is there no discussion about the multi-trillion dollars of private philanthropy out there? Why is there not a discussion about churches, synagogues, mosques, and private communities stepping up and helping people? Why is there not a call to action saying our charities need to do more to help the least of these? Instead, we are now doing what the Europeans did 30 years ago, where they said the government is going to take care of people in need. No, that's not who we are. That's not what that's never been about the ethos of our country. Now, when there's a crisis, we're looking to the state to bail us out. Instead, we should be looking to the church to bail us out. We should be looking to our neighbor to bail us out. I will happily send some of my money, hundreds hundreds of dollars or maybe a thousand, whatever it is, to a charity, to an individual that needs it. And we're going to get into this later in the show about Calvin Coolidge, the president who was heroic and did the right thing in a term in a period of national crisis. This $250 billion for expanded unemployment insurance is garbage. It is absolute garbage. And I know the president does not like this, and he's going to sign it because he's got no choice. It's nonsense. $117 billion for hospitals and veterans' health care. I'm going to get into that in just one second, but first, look around you. It's a wireless world. I kind of miss going to restaurants, and when I used to be out going to restaurants, living a normal life before this thing, everyone used to have wireless earbuds. And guess what? They're dropping way too much money on it, but if you want to get really good wireless earbuds, you got to get them from Raycon. You already know that Raycon earbuds started about 
half the price of any other premium wireless earbud on the market. And what they sound is just as amazing as any other audio brand that you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 Earbud, are the best ones yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more competent design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for on-the-go listening and for taking phone calls. Unlike some of the other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, Melissa Etheridge, and so many others are obsessed with Raycons. So look, you need the Raycon earbuds, whether you're working out, you're doing yoga, watching Netflix, and you don't want other people to hear what you're watching, well, guess what? You need Raycon right now. Get 15% off your order. What are you going to do with that free money the government's going to be sending you? By the way, nothing's free. I paid for it for you because I'm not getting any free money anytime soon. So you're welcome. So you better use the money I paid for in taxes for you. By the way, I hope that it makes you more free. Use some of it to stimulate the economy by buying, buying Raycon earbuds. Go to Raycon.com slash Kirk, Raycon.com slash Kirk. Use that money that we, the taxpayers, sent for new earbuds. Raycon.com slash Kirk. So just so you know, I, we need to go after one of the biggest cartels. I talk about the cartel of the colleges. I talk about the oligopoly of the social media companies. I talk about the scam that is higher education in our government-run schools. Uh, middle schools and high schools, the National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers. I rail at times against the Chamber of Commerce when they're wrong about immigration, where they want to just let in unlimited amounts of legal and illegal immigrants despite the societal and cultural damage it would do to our country. There's another lobby out there that does unbelievable damage, and this entire crisis is because of this lobby. As And as an extension of it is the hospitals. But as a core of it, it's the American Medical Association. The American Medical Association is an immoral, anti-patient, anti-freedom organization that literally sets a monopoly on the level of doctors out there. The AMA artificially tries to keep doctors' salaries and wages high. The American Medical Association does not even represent a majority of doctors, in fact, the latest study says the AMA only represents anywhere between 16 to 20% of doctors, yet they get all the credibility in Congress. So let, let, let me just play this out for you. The American Medical Association limits the amount of doctors can go into residency and eventually become certified doctors. They regulate it. The AMA has control over the medical schools completely. Now, when you control the supply of certification, well, then what ends up actually happening? Well, then it raises the cost. This is why we have a bed shortage. The private sector would love nothing more than to be able to build more hospital beds to help people. And guess what? We have massive amounts of people in residency right now, massive amounts of American medical students that want to go help with the crisis right now, that want to go help, yet the American Medical Association is tweeting out publicly that they want more foreign medical assistance. They're anti-American. So now we're bailing out the corrupt hospital lobby. We're bailing out the corrupt American Medical Association where they did not build enough hospital beds for surge capacity. In, in Texas, for example, they have one community hospital for every 50,000 people. In California, one community hospital for every 114,000 people. In New York, one community hospital for every 100,000 people. So in New York and California, they have socialized health care. In Texas, they have much more of a free market health care system. That's why they're not seeing a surge on the hospitals in most parts of Texas. Nearly 5,000 American medical students that were unmatched to actually find a residency program because of the immoral and backwards American Medical Association. And Congress just voted 96 to nothing to give that corrupt oligopoly $117 billion. Awful. Everything that is wrong with this crisis is because of the hospital lobby. If they had a more private sector, we're not going to regulate the amount of beds philosophy we would not have a problem with the surge, and this entire crisis would be averted. We wouldn't need a $2 trillion stimulus. This whole discussion is about medical capacity. All of it. It's not about the virus. Eventually, it's about we're going to run out of beds. Brooklyn alone has had 16 hospitals closed since 2003. That's just Brooklyn. But if you open it up to an entrepreneur, 
let's just say medical Elon Musk, okay? Hey, medical Elon Musk, would you be interested in opening a private sector hospital to compete against Brooklyn General? Of course I would. They have destroyed the American entrepreneur when it came to hospitals. They have over-incentivized Medicaid and Medicare reimbursements within the healthcare system, and now you're seeing the byproduct of it. And this bill, $117 billion, goes to help continue to subsidize that and bail it out. Also in the bill, there's $350 billion in loans to small businesses. So in theory, I support this, but it's actually not even a loan. It's a grant. What you spend on payroll, utilities, or rent doesn't have to be repaid. So it's not a loan. It's actually just a basically a gift. Now, it's only it's only equivalent to two and a half times your monthly payroll is what you're able to actually get in a small business loan. But the Small Business Association is going to be running this loan, which is the most incompetent backwards government organization when it comes to small businesses imaginable. The president's done a great job of trying to reform it, but every small business owner entrepreneur I talk to think it's a joke. They think it's backwards, it's awful, they don't want to deal with it at all. Also within this, the federal government, and this is actually one of the best provisions in the entire bill, over $50 billion in employee retention. So basically they will pay an employer like Turning Point USA to keep an employee on if they were disaffected by coronavirus. They'll pay 50% of that employee's salary up to $10,000 per quarter. That's actually good. That $50 billion in employee retention should have been $350 billion in employee retention instead of $250 billion of unemployment insurance and $117 billion for hospitals and veterans care. Shout out vocally and publicly for the senators that got this employer retention in there. This is the best part of the bill. The employer retention is the best part of the bill because it incentivizes people to keep working. It incentivizes people to stay on payroll. This other part is just insane to me. This is why this crisis is being focused on as much in Democrat states as it is. $500 billion in loans and loan guarantees or investments available for companies, municipalities, and states that have been harmed. For a state that's structurally bankrupt like Illinois, they're financially going to be making out like bandits from this. There's no way they're going to be any worse than they were. Illinois is the most bankrupt state in the entire country by far. I fled it with pride to Florida. Illinois loses a taxpayer every eight minutes. Every eight minutes, a taxpayer leaves Illinois. They're probably leaving it even faster because of the Chinese coronavirus. So now we have $500 billion that's going to go to our biggest companies out there. Airlines. So let's talk about this. People say, well, Charlie, we can't let the airlines go under. United, American, Delta. Well, first of all, if you look at their balance sheets, Americans sitting on about $100 billion in cash. Did you know that? American Airlines is sitting on $100 billion in cash. Interest rates are near zero. So why, why wouldn't American Airlines just collateralize their assets in combination with their cash, go to a huge bank like Barclays, and go get a $300 billion line of credit? By the way, fuel is as cheap as it's ever been. You know what the number one cost for an airline is? Fuel. Now, I know the president has the right viewpoint to not want these airlines to go under. And I, I agree with him that there are some industries that should not be allowed to go under. I don't want to see the Chinese come and buy American Airlines. I just don't. I think that's wrong and that's backwards, but they're not near that. They're just not. If you look at their balance sheets, they're having record years, turning record profits. If this means more people are going to keep their jobs, I think maybe that's in long-term a good thing. I, in philosophy, do not like the idea of too big to fail and federal government subsidized big bailouts. I'm going to stick to principle on this one. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that Fortune 100 companies can go fly in their private jets to Washington, D.C. and meet privately with senators and congresspeople and get a better deal than the manufacturing plant in Joplin, Missouri that has 14 employees that is freaked out right now because everything has been shut down. They don't have a private jet to go board and a senator to go meet to in Washington, D.C. What about the restaurant and the diner in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma that is shut down because of this right now? What about the laundromat? in Surprise, Arizona, and all their business has dried up? What about the ski shop in Aspen, Colorado, where their whole life has been destroyed because no one's skiing right now because of government edict of the ruling class of Aspen has decided that everything should get shut down? What about 
the workers that decided to pick up everything that they own and go to North Dakota to the Balkan Shale to go work in oil and natural gas extraction where everything has shut down because of threats of the Chinese virus. Who's lobbying for them? Like, who's representing them? And I understand some of this stuff is good, some of these provisions, but $500 billion to go represent the big, ugly companies. By the way, I'm saying I'm actually advocating vocally against my own interest. I own a bunch of stock at American Airlines. I bought it at $9 a share, and now it's at $17 a share. Woo, I doubled my money. I don't care. I would rather be poor and lose my money than have cronyism happen. Seriously. I would rather see that stock go down to zero and advocate against my own financial interest if that meant that we were going to actually have a voice for middle-class America and not give big, ugly, federal government-backed bailouts for companies that honestly could have collateralized their assets, use their cash on hand, and take advantage of 0% interest rates right now from the Federal Reserve, go to Barclays, go to Bank of England, go to Lloyd's of London, go to Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase. You'll have a line out the door in Dallas, Texas, if American Airlines gave a press conference saying, we're looking for a bank to finance us through this hard time, you would have a competition. Kid, you know. To put simply, I would rather lose money on my American Airlines stock than mortgage my grandchildren's future and our country's future. $61 billion of that is loans and direct cash assistance to airlines. Again, I just went through this whole thing. I I wish that it would have been structured like, okay, maybe we'll give you $10 billion in loans if you also take out a private sector loan and collateralize your assets. Why are we doing this? They don't need it. They're doing it because they want to hedge against their losses and it's the lazy, easy thing to do. And I say this as a shareholder, as someone who has it in my modest stock portfolio. Wow, my, my stock has doubled. Ooh, big deal. I don't care. I'm a patriot. I don't care about my stock. I care much more about my country than my stock portfolio. Like, if you care more about your IRA and your 401k than your country, then you're not a patriot. You're just not. Another $17 billion in the bill is reserved for companies critical to national security. Lawmakers said it could apply to a number of firms, but it's really Boeing, whose stock price is up over 100%. Again, I own Boeing stock against my own philosophy. Again, I, I have, I have, a, you know, I, I have a, one of our, our friends at Turning Point USA. I gave him a little bit of money. I said, here, go buy some stock. He bought some Boeing stock when it was at low. I demanded he sell it all because I am philosophically against it. So again, I did great. Wow. Ooh, I made all, this, all that money. So what? I don't care. It's gross. Kudos to Nikki Haley for resigning from the board of Boeing after they were trying to seek federal assistance. Boeing, by the way, which is under federal investigation and huge civil litigation, for ignoring the problems of the 737 MAX. Do they really deserve $17 billion for Boeing? By the way, if we deregulated and incentivized and broke up the federal contracting process, we could have 100 companies like Boeing. I refuse to believe that there's only one company in the country that could design 737s and do that massive type of physical infrastructure building like Boeing. Again, too big to fail. I'm going to talk about Americans with federal student loans, but before I do, are you guys crushed by the cartel of the colleges? Are you guys wondering how you're going to get out of student loan debt? I know a lot of people I talk to are really worried about student loan debt. Well, I want to tell you about Credible. Credible Credible.com, they're an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. Credible's goal is to help people get out of student loan debt. If you've got student loan debt, you could benefit. With everything that is going on in the economy, student loan refinancing rates are really low. With a lower rate, you could save on interest and lower your monthly payment, which is basically cash in your pocket. And with a shorter loan term, you could get debt-free faster. Consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from the 10 different lenders, whereas at some other marketplaces, you'll get ranges of rates or ballpark estimates. It only takes a couple of minutes to check rates. Checking rates doesn't impact your credit. They never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from a dozen of other lenders. I've I've had people use a service, and they love it. So right now, go to Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Charlie. If you guys have student loans, I'm telling you, act on it. You got nothing to lose. In fact, you got something to gain. They'll give you a $200 gift card. Credible.com slash Charlie. You fill in a couple pieces of information to check out what rates you are eligible for. Again, that's Credible.com slash Charlie. Take advantage while rates are still low. Refinance your student loans and start saving. 
So again, speaking of student loans, uh, students won't have to make monthly payments through September 30th with no interest accruing. I'm just not a big fan of these deferrals and punts. Life goes on, okay? I employ 160 people here at Turning Point USA. I got to make payroll. I'm going to do it. I mean, I don't understand this whole philosophy that just because a couple weeks and a couple months might come, that all of a sudden you need a couple trillion dollar bailout. I, I, I don't hold that view. I've never planned for that. I build a rainy day fund. I save for tomorrow. Doesn't make any sense to me. So look, the president is in an impossible place. I remain firmly supportive of him, and Congress shook him down, honestly. The original, the original submission was a $1.2 trillion bill from pre- the president with some emergency relief and loans, and Congress shook him down, and he's in such a politically tough place, um, and I remain fully supportive of the president. My criticism is towards Congress and those representatives. Uh, it's awful. It is absolutely awful, and again, there is some good with this, but there's a lot of bad, as you've heard, and I've been focusing on the bad because they're not going to always tell you about this in the media. Uh, ben Weigarten from The Federalist talked about the debt. Debt is a slavery of the free. He said, quote, at the governmental level, the fact that we are likely to completely blow out budgets that were already so already bloated to ensure interest payments on the national debt would soon swamp all spending besides entitlements shows the extent of our profligacy and misplaced confidence that we can debt finance the U.S. government forever. There appears to be zero national will to deal with runaway spending and the runaway debt deficits and the debt it creates. But the reality is that the next major crisis will be even in a worse financial position. What will happen if the multi-trillion dollar relief bills are simply not tenable at that point? I agree. Debt is the slavery of the free. We're going to post a $3.6 trillion deficit this year. Not good. Not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. So let me just be clear. What I just said above is bad. What I'm about to get into is so unbelievably gross. Sean Hannity's had great commentary against all this. Again, good with the bad, time of crisis, Some people say you have to do something. I'm going to challenge that a little bit. I understand the president coming after this. He's got no choice at all whatsoever. He's in an election year. He's in a year where there's a lot of pressure under him. He's being blamed by the media for a lot of different things. I think he's doing the right thing to continue to lead the country through this crisis. But let's talk about some of this other nonsense in the bill. A $350 million injection of cash for the migration and refugee assistance. So basically, this bill to try to help the American people, is going to fund foreign national illegals. Basically what that is going to do. There's $25 million for the JFK Center. They don't need it, by the way. That is, that, that is so famously known for senators' spouses to sit on the board of the Kennedy Center. $75 million for PBS and NPR. They don't need the money. They're at 501c3. Where's the $75 million for Turning Point USA? Why does NPR get $75 million? Why aren't Republican senators trying to get money for Turning Point? We're in the same tax categorization as PBS and NPR. I'd love $75 million. I could do a lot of good with $75 million. We're an education organization. They're an education organization. We're tax deductible. They're tax deductible. We're both 51 c 3 These groups already get paid, by the way. That's on top. Oh my gosh, NPR and PBS, they're going to make out like bandits. NPR is already dominating the podcast charts. Literally right now, I'm going to pull up my phone to the podcast app. I kid you not. And for those of you listening to the Charlie Kirk Show, thank you. Please give me a five-star rating. Do this with me. Go to your podcast app. Go to shows. And as it loads, go to all categories. Go to news. I'm going to look right now. NPR has the number two podcast and the number three podcast. And the number nine podcast and the number 12 podcast and the number 13 podcast. Do they really need another $75 million? They're dominating on the podcast charts. This is so unbelievably awful and corrupt. And they're already funded. They're already funded. $60 million for NASA. I don't mind this as much. I actually like space dominance. I'm kind of a sucker when it comes to NASA. I love Star Trek. I do want to privatize more of it. This one doesn't bother me as much. I know the president likes NASA as well. Obama tried to disassemble it. I'll, I'll let NASA slide. $250 million to the Department of Treasury to get checks out to Americans. What on earth are you going to spend $250 million on to make sure Americans get those checks? No, seriously. Are you going to basically fund every single Department of Treasury employee on a private jet so that they can go visit the Americans to give them those checks? Seriously. What on earth is that all about? Again, all these groups already have multi-billion dollar budgets like Treasury and Energy and some of these others. The federal courts are going to get another $6 million. 
This bill provides $6 million for increased costs and pretrial and probation services, including substance abuse treatment and drug testing, and to expand capacity for judiciary staff to work remotely. So basically, they're going to be able to spy on President Trump from home. That's basically what this means. The same Justice Department that issued ridiculous sentencing guidelines for Roger Stone that put Paul Manafort in solitary confinement that unfairly went after President Trump's businesses. We're now going to give them an extra $6 million so they can do their left-wing activism from home. $69 million for the Bureau of Indian Education. It extended teacher and workforce salary needs, transportation needs associated with the pandemic. By the way, we already spend hundreds of millions of dollars on the Bureau of Indian Education. They have the lowest outputs. Why didn't we spend $100 billion or even $100 million on school choice for black kids? The five words that would get President Trump reelected. You want to stimulate the economy? Give black kids in Harlem, Chicago, and Atlanta, and Houston access to charter schools and better schools. Runaway and homeless youth programs, $25 million. Howard University, which is a 501c3 organization, $13 million in direct support for its federally chartered HBCU, including support for affected students. Where's Turning Point USA's money for our affected students? There are more members of Turning Point USA than students at Howard University. All of our students are affected. All of our students are displaced. By the way, I wouldn't want the money if you offered it to me. I say this as a reason that the far left wing organizations and anti-American education, re-education camps get all this money. Gala Udet University, $7 million in direct support for federally chartered university, including support for affected students. Pork, unnecessary garbage. Institute for Museum and Library Services, $50 million for digital access and technical support needs. $50 million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. What, what is this a handout? money laundering handout for Apple? Seriously. I mean, are they just going to go buy Apple computers? I, I'm actually, I'm half kidding. $5 million to the Railroad Retirement Board. What the heck is the Railroad Retirement Board? To improve the mobility of the workforce and administer the Railroad Unemployment Insurance Act? $300 million to the Social Security Administration to help keep up with key workloads, make up for lost productivity, and otherwise improve the ability of the agency to serve the public? Garbage. Another $25 million in salary and expenses to the Nancy Pelosi U.S. House of Representatives. This bill is going to give Nancy Pelosi another $25 million to help support the House capacity to telework, including the purchase of equipment improvements to the network. Funding is also provided. This is more than Turning Point USA's annual operating budget that they're going to just have to improve their teller networking. Our entire operating budget is going to be used for their teller networking. You don't think there's any waste, fraud, and abuse in that? You know there's any waste, fraud, and abuse there? Oh my goodness. Architects of the Capitol, which is the abbreviation AOC, God forbid, the AOC Capital Construction Operations, $25 million, provides funding and gives the AOC authority to purchase in bulk and distribute cleaning supplies and to continue making payments for service contracts. Hey, go look right now if there's a huge Democrat donor that owns a cleaning supplies company. No, seriously, I kid you not. Go find out if there's a cleaning supplies company that gives a bunch of money to the Democrats and some of the Republicans. I kid you not. Because that's the only reason you would do something like this. $324 million for diplomatic programs to bolster the coronavirus response to diplomatic facilities domestically and abroad, including additional support for the Bureau of Medical Services, voluntary departures, and assignment curtailments for vulnerable employees. What on earth is this $324 million going to be spent on? Can we get a line-by-line budget? Can we get an audit? I mean, when we go through an internal audit at our our company, our organization here, I go down to, hey, why are you spending $14 at Burger King and not $12 at Chick-fil-A? By the way, we don't need Chick-fil-A anymore. It's it's a company-wide policy. They fund groups that are kind towards abortion. Don't eat Chick-fil-A anymore. They betrayed us all. $258 million for international disaster assistance to continue to address humanitarian and health needs and coronavirus affected abroad. So, okay, let's just send money overseas. Let's go send money to countries that hate us. We might as well just send the money to China, right? Why not? By the way, is there any provision in this bill that would disallow it from that money to go to China? The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, $20 million to support continuity of mission critical operations during the coronavirus public health emergency. By the way, everything I'm mentioning here is on top of their budget. This is not the budget. This is on top of their already pre-existing budget, including National Weather Service Life and Property-Related Services. Department of Energy and Departmental Administration, $28 million 
to support remote access teleworking and operations department of energy employees related to coronavirus prevention. It's all nonsense. Labor unions want a substantial increase in unemployment benefits. Under the measure, the federal government will pay the full salary of an average worker for up to four months. And in some cases, more than 100% of salary in the case of a layoff. We talked about that earlier. One of the good things is that companies also want a two-year delay in the employer side of payroll taxes. So you don't have to pay it to the end of 2021 or 2022. I, I, if you own a company like we do, I uh, take advantage of it. Why? Because all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh yeah, $87 in 1980 was a lot of money. And all of a sudden, if you have that same number in today's dollars, not at all anything. The dollar is going to get wrecked by all this money that we are creating. So now, look, the president is up against a wall on this. He's going to sign it. Uh, he really has no choice. Um, I think Mnuchin did him a disservice in the negotiation. Sean Hannity has been blasting him. Mark Levin has been blasting him. So I'm not alone in this critique. But I do want to talk about a figure of history, the forgotten depression of 1920 to 21. Some people call it a recession. By all metrics, it was a depression. Um, some presidents are known for their work on foreign policy and others on, for regulation. Coolidge should be known as the economic president who cut and did actual budgeting. Silent Cal, as he was called. He didn't say much, but his actions spoke for himself. He said more than he said yes he didn't like politicians, and he thought it was better to kill bad bills than to pass new legislation. Now, he was, he was after a series of awful progressive presidents. He was after Woodrow Wilson, who passed the income tax and got rid of the direct election of senators. Silent Cal, as he was known, he vetoed 50 bills during his administration and 30 of them by pocket veto. A pocket veto is that you don't actually sign the veto, but you let the time period actually extend. I've never really understood the pocket veto. I always figured if you're going to say no, you might as well actually veto it. Uh, Coolidge had weekly budget meetings so that he would be well-equipped to say no, and he berated the government departments that overspent or didn't cut spending. So most famously, there was a huge economic depression in 1920-21, post-World War I, post-Spanish flu, 15% unemployment in some cities. Do you know what he did? He cut government spending by half. He raised interest rates by 300 basis points. He inspired the American entrepreneur, and the recession was over in six months, and we had the roaring 20s. I think we could all learn something from the forgotten recession of 1920 and 21. Sometimes the answer is to just reinvigorate the American entrepreneur, give people their money back, cut government spending. You don't always have to go the way of John Maynard Keynes. And I did a whole economic lesson in the prior episode. So please go back uh, and go to that episode. We also have an AMA. So email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. My favorite period of time to study is from 1890 to 1930. I think the world actually had its most fundamental changes in that period of time in human history. And we actually might be living through another one of those period of times. And I know people might say, oh, what about World War II? I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying one period of time is more important than the other. But 1890 to 1930, you had the industrialization of the world. You had huge standard of living increases. You had the Titans. You had the Barons. You had the rise of populism. You had William Jennings Bryan. You had Teddy Roosevelt. You had William McKinley. You had Grover Cleveland. You had John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie. You had the Great Depression coming up. You had Herbert Hoover, World War I. Amazing amount of legislation was passed that for the worse, some for the better. You had the best of populism, the worst of populism. You had so much happening in the country uh, that I think we could all learn from. And I think that you all should study that period of time specifically. And I think we all should just take this as a lesson as the big government politicians are going to try to pass more economic stimulus and try to pump in more cheap money that will assuredly result in the devaluation of the American dollar and the devaluation of the purchaser that is the middle class worker. Now, mind you, if you're really, really rich and you own land everywhere in stocks and bonds, Inflation doesn't actually impact you. Five or 6% if you're super rich actually helps you because your, your assets will actually get more valuable. But for the plumbers out there, the electricians, the welders, the students, the college kids in debt, inflation kills you. Inflation is the silent tax that kills the working class. So if we think we can just create money out of nowhere and hope that we're not going to be taxed, inflation is a tax. Why don't we talk about this? When we talk about tax increases, inflation is a tax for everyone except the mega rich. The mega rich don't care. If you're listening to this podcast and you live in Aspen, Colorado, and you have more than a 3,000 square foot living unit, you're fine. You're doing great. Inflation will not impact you. And by the way, I'm not criticizing you. I bet you worked really hard for that. And some of my dearest friends in the world live in Aspen, Colorado. But that is really where the ruling class of America lives. Who I'm talking to right now is the college kid. Which, by the way, my heart goes out to the college seniors right now. 
because you went home on Christmas break thinking you were about to enter the greatest economy in American history. And now you're about to graduate without a graduation ceremony and commencement and go back into a labor market with eight to 10% unemployment and employers such as myself that are saying, yeah, we're going to just take a little pause on employing right now. So if you have a job, thank God you have a job and say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that I'm still employed because you're going to be in the rarity of your generation. And my heart goes out to college seniors. For college seniors right now that want a job, I have a couple pieces of advice. Humble yourself, lower expectations, get a job, any job. Do not stay willfully unemployed, no matter what. If that means you have to get a job with your hands, go do it. Get yourself into the labor pool and hustle. Have hunger. My heart really goes out for you because it's a very, very difficult labor market. Walmart and Amazon are hiring. I know that some of you guys think you're better than those jobs. And I want to tell you about a conversation I had. Uh, One of my great friends, Jasmine, hosted an event for me out in uh, the suburbs of Chicago, actually New Trier, Kenilworth area, which is kind of where the ruling class lives. Uh, think of it as the Beverly Hills of Chicago, basically, is the, is the way to think of it. Or the Greenwich, Connecticut of New you know, Greenwich, Connecticut. It's one of the highest incomes. Highland Park uh, in Dallas, Texas would be equivalent. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Mega mansions. Everyone's rich. Everyone is somebody. Uh, everyone, you know, it's where you're going to college. And so I said that we need more plumbers, electricians, welders, HVAC people. And again, this was like a Republican event. The entire room applauded. And then I said, how many of you would not want to see your kid, I don't know, become a plumber? And the room laughed. And then I said, why are you guys laughing at plumbers? That shows you how the ruling class thinks of people that work with their hands. And that's one of the biggest problems is that you're going to have people in these sorts of neighborhoods that would rather have their son and daughter live in their basement or unemployed than actually go work with their hands and do something of value for our society. And for all of you that didn't go to college or went to two-year technical school, God bless you. My heart goes out to you. This program is built for you. And again, it's not built for anyone in particular, but I feel I feel you. I try to advocate for you every single day. And I just, I just condemn that sort of snobbish, elitist, kingdom of Washington, D.C. ruling class mentality where you would erupt in applause if, God forbid, your grandson or daughter became a plumber or a policeman. Oh my gosh, that would be the end of the world. How about you act ethically? You tell the truth. You obey the teachings of the Bible. You work hard and build a nice family. Maybe maybe if you don't do that, that should be laughed at. Instead of laughing at plumbers. Really stuck with me. I wanted to share that with you. That was before the quarantine in Chicago, by the way. One final thing. I, I subscribe for all these left-wing newsletters just to kind of get a pulse of what the enemy is thinking and how to be wrong. Because if you know how to make a mistake, then you know how to be correct. So I, I subscribed to Vice, who's a, they're totally failing, by the way. It's a dumpster fire. And they say this, you're, you're socially isolating. I kid you not. This is the top of their email newsletter. I send it to our team. They say, you're socially isolating. Is now a good time to trip on psychedelics? The co- they said the Chinese virus pandemic has left many people alone at home. Psychedelics are one way to travel without going anywhere. I, I argued... Well before this, that we're going to see people divulge into over-drinking, depression, alcoholism, suicide, and rampant drug usage. And now you have a media outlet even suggesting or probing the idea. No, this is a bad time to do psychedelics. All the time's a bad time to do psychedelics. So in closing, went through the bill line by line. We have to continue to support our president during this very difficult time. He's doing a phenomenal job for our country. He's left no choice but to sign this bill. I, alongside of Sean Hannity and Mark Levin and many other conservative leaders, have a lot of problems with this bill, uh, a lot of problems with it, and I detailed it. We're going to keep on fighting. I'm disappointed that the United States Congress did not put up more of a fight and slow the process down. Why didn't they pass it into 20 little micro bills? I mean, I go to work every single day. Why don't your elected representatives do that? Why, why doesn't Congress go to work every single day? Why do they have to do something in the middle of the night? They, they act like that's working hard. Why didn't they cut their salary or pay? Why didn't they donate their pay to Chinese virus victims? Why didn't the Congress people that take money from lobbyists that are registered for Chinese-owned companies, why didn't they disclose that and say, I'm going to give money back to the United States, Chinese coronavirus victims, for the money that they took? The ruling class won on this one. President Trump's populist grassroots movement, for those that are going to benefit from this bill and the small business stuff or the direct cash, I'm glad. I'm pleased. But a lot of why we support the president is diametrically opposed to this bill. And I get you got to work with both chambers of Congress. You got Pelosi and all this. But ask yourself the question, is this the best your elected representatives can do? Or is this, as Tucker Carlson calls it, a ship of fools? 
I'm not happy with it. I'm not. I know as a business owner, this is going to marginally help us. But I already went through how it's going to incentivize people to light people off. You're going to see an increase in firings and furloughs, terminations and unemployment go up and a stickiness to that unemployment. So if they're going to try to pass a phase four, which they will, my goodness, I hope that we can have some pro-growth, pro-market reforms in there and we can actually have a restoration of the greatest economy ever to exist in the history of the world. With all that being said, I'm optimistic. I refuse to allow myself to fall to the siren songs of America's demise. Stay optimistic, stay focused, and together we are going to turn this country back around. We got to get this president reelected and we cannot allow the left to win despite the little victories that they got within this bill. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And please make sure you are subscribed. Take out your phone, type in the Charlie Kirk Show, hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. And if you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. We're still starting chapters, chipping some money. You can go to one of our events coming up this summer. We're going to do everything we can to make sure those events happen. And uh, please, again, subscribe to the Charlie Kirk Show. Right now, open up the podcast app, type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, give us those five-star reviews. And again, email us your questions freedom at charliekirk.com. We're going to win this war, everyone. We're going to be stronger than ever before. God bless. God bless America. Talk to you soon. From the creators of Cold Case Files and PD Stories come the next great true crime podcast, I Survived. Every week, I Survived presents chilling first-person accounts from people who overcame deadly situations, allowing the survivors to describe the events as they unfolded and how they made it out alive. If you love true crime, you are going to love I Survived. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.